tomlinsoniana part one of paul clifford by edward bulwer lytton this librivox recording is in the public domain tomlinsoniana part one or the posthumous writings of the celebrated augustus tomlinson professor of moral philosophy in the university of blank addressed to his pupils and comprising one maxims on the popular art of creating illustrated by ten characters being an introduction to that noble science by which every man may become his own rogue two bracologia or essays critical sentimental moral and original introduction having lately been travelling in germany i spent some time that university in which augustus tomlinson presided as professor of moral philosophy i found that that great man died after a lingering illness in the beginning of the year eighteen twenty two perfectly resigned to his fate and conversing even on his deathbed on the divine mysteries of ethical philosophy notwithstanding the little peccadilloes to which i have alluded in the latter pages of paul clifford and which his pupils deemed it advisable to hide from the gaudy babbling and remorseless day his memory was still held in a tender veneration perhaps as in the case of the illustrious burns the faults of a great man endeared to you his genius in his latter days the professor was accustomed to wear a light green silk dressing-gown and as he was perfectly bald a little black velvet cap his small clothes were pepper and salt these interesting facts i learned from one of his pupils his old age was consumed in lectures in conversation and in the composition of the little morceau of wisdom we present to the public in these essays and maxims short as they are he seems to have concentrated the wisdom of his industrious and honourable life with great difficulty i procured from his executors the manuscripts which were then preparing for the german press a valuable consideration induced those gentlemen to become philanthropic and to consider the inestimable blessings they would confer upon this country by suffering me to give the following essays to the light in their native and english dress on the same day whereon they appear in germany in the graces of foreign disguise at an age when while hypocrisy stalks simpers sidles struts and hobbles through the country truth also begins to watch her adversary in every movement i cannot but think these lessons of augustus tomlinson peculiarly well timed i add them as a fitting appendix to a novel that may not inappropriately be termed a treatise on social frauds and if they contain within them that evidence of diligent attention and that principle of good in which the satire of vice is only the germ of its detection they may not perchance pass wholly unnoticed nor be even condemned to that hasty reading in which the indifference of to-day is but the prelude to the forgetfulness of to-morrow contents maxims on the popular art of cheating illustrated by ten characters being an introduction to that noble science by which every man may become his own rogue bracologia on the morality taught by the rich to the poor emulation caution against the scoffers of humbug popular wrath at individual imprudence doom de finit omnis self-glorifiers thought on fortune wit and truth autotheology glorious constitution answer to the popular cant that goodness in a statesman is better than ability common sense love and writers on love the great entailed the regeneration of a knave's style maxims on the popular art of cheating illustrated by ten characters 
being an introduction to that noble science by which every man may become his own rogue set a thief to catch a thief proverb one whenever you are about to utter something astonishingly false always begin with it is an acknowledged fact etc sir robert filmer was a master of this method of writing thus with what a solemn face that great man attempted to cheat it is a truth undeniable that there cannot be any multitude of men whatsoever either great or small etc but that in the same multitude there is one man amongst them that in nature hath a right to be king of all the rest as being the next heir to adam two when you want something from the public throw the blame of the asking on the most sacred principle you can find a common beggar can read you exquisite lessons on this the most important maxim in the art of popular cheating for the love of god sir a penny three whenever on any matter moral sentimental or political you find yourself utterly ignorant talk immediately of the laws of nature as those laws are written nowhere Locke, they are known by nobody should any ask you how you happen to know such or such a doctrine as the dictate of nature clap your hand to your heart and say here four yield to a man's tastes and he will yield to your interest five when you talk to the half-wise twaddle when you talk to the ignorant brag when you talk to the sagacious look very humble and ask their opinion six always bear in mind my beloved pupils that the means of livelihood depend not on the virtues but the vices of others the lawyer the statesman the hangman the physician are paid by our sins nay even the commoner professions the tailor the coachmaker the upholsterer the wine merchant draw their fortunes if not their existence from those smaller vices our foibles vanity is the figure prefixed to the ciphers of necessity wherefore o my beloved pupils never mind what a man's virtues are waste no time in learning them fasten at once on his infirmities do to the one as were you an honest man you would do to the many this is the way to be a rogue individually as a lawyer is a rogue professionally knaves are like critics nullum simile est quod idem editor flies that feed on the sore part and would have nothing to live on were the body in health tattler seven every man finds it desirable to have tears in his eyes at times one has a sympathy with humid lids providence hath beneficially provided for this want and given to every man in its divine forethought misfortunes painful to recall hence probably those human calamities which the atheist rails against wherefore when you are uttering some affecting sentiment to your intended dupe think of the greatest misfortune you ever had in your life habit will soon make the association of tears and that melancholy remembrance constantly felicitous i knew my dear pupils a most intelligent frenchman who obtained a charming legacy from an old poet by repeating the bard's verses with streaming eyes how were you able to weep at will asked i i was young then my pupils je pensois answered he a mon pauvre père qui est mort the union of sentiment with the ability of swindling made that frenchman a most fascinating creature eight never commit the error of the overshrewd and deem human nature worse than it is human nature is so damnably good that if it were not for human art we knaves could not live the primary elements of a man's mind do not sustain us it is what he owes to the pains taken with his education 
and the blessings of civilized society nine whenever you doubt my pupils whether your man be a quack or not decide the point by seeing if your man be a positive asserter nothing indicates imposture like confidence volney saith well that the most celebrated of charlatans mahomet and the boldest of tyrants begins his extraordinary tissue of lies by these words there is no doubt in this book ten there is one way of cheating people peculiar to the british isles in which my pupils i earnestly recommend you to import hither cheating by subscription people like to be plundered in company dupery then grows into the spirit of party thus one quack very gravely requested persons to fit up a ship for him and send him round the world as its captain to make discoveries and another patriotically suggested that ten thousand pounds should be subscribed for what to place him in parliament neither of these fellows could have screwed an individual out of a shilling had he asked him for it in a corner but a printed list with his royal highness at the top plays the devil with english guineas a subscription for individuals may be considered a society for the ostentatious encouragement of idleness impudence beggary imposture and other public virtues eleven whenever you read the life of a great man i mean a man eminently successful you will perceive all the qualities given to him are the qualities necessary even to a mediocre rogue he possessed saith the biographer the greatest address namely the faculty of wheedling the most admirable courage namely the faculty of bullying the most noble fortitude namely the faculty of bearing to be bullied the most singular versatility namely the faculty of saying one thing to one man and its reverse to another and the most wonderful command over the mind of his contemporaries namely the faculty of victimizing their purses or seducing their actions wherefore if luck cast you in humble life assiduously study the biographies of the great in order to accomplish you as a rogue if in the more elevated range of society be thoroughly versed in the lives of the roguish so shall you fit yourself to be eminent twelve the hypocrisy of virtue my beloved pupils is a little out of fashion nowadays it is sometimes better to affect the hypocrisy of vice appear generously profligate and swear with a hearty face that you do not pretend to be better than the generality of your neighbours sincerity is not less a covering than lying a frieze great coat wraps you as well as a spanish cloak thirteen when you are about to execute some great plan and to defraud a number of persons let the first one or two of the allotted number be the cleverest shrewdest fellows you can find you have then a reference that will alone dupe the rest of the world that mr lynx is satisfied will amply suffice to satisfy mr mole of the honesty of your intentions nor are shrewd men the hardest to take in they rely on their strength invulnerable heroes are necessarily the bravest talk to them in a business-like manner and refer your design at once to their lawyer my friend john chambery was a model in this grand stroke of art he swindled twelve people to the tune of some thousands with no other trouble than it first cost him to swindle whom do you think the secretary to the society for the suppression of swindling fourteen divide your arts into two classes those which cost you little labour those which cost much the first flattery attention answering letters by return of post walking across the street to oblige the man you intend to ruin 
all these you must never neglect the least man is worth gaining at a small cost and besides while you are serving yourself you are also obtaining the character of civility diligence and good-nature but the arts which cost you much labour a long subservience to one testy individual aping the semblance of a virtue a quality or a branch of learning which you do not possess to a person difficult to blind all these never begin except for great ends worth not only the loss of time but the chance of detection great pains for small gains is the maxim of the miser the rogue should have more grandeur d'âme greatness of soul fifteen always forgive sixteen if a man owe you a sum of money pupils though you be of mine you may once in your lives be so silly as to lend and you find it difficult to get it back appeal not to his justice but to his charity the components of justice flatter few men who likes to submit to an inconvenience because he ought to do it without praise without even self-gratulation but charity my dear friends tickles up human ostentation deliciously charity implies superiority and the feeling of superiority is most grateful to social nature hence the commonness of charity in proportion to other virtues all over the world and hence you will especially note that in proportion as people are haughty and arrogant will they laud almsgiving and encourage charitable institutions seventeen your genteel rogues do not sufficiently observe the shrewdness of the vulgar ones the actual beggar takes advantage of every sore but the moral swindler is unpardonably dull as to the happiness of a physical infirmity to obtain a favour neglect no method that may allure compassion i knew a worthy curate who obtained two livings by the felicity of a hectic cough and a younger brother who subsisted for ten years on his family by virtue of a slow consumption eighteen when you want to possess yourself of a small sum recollect that the small sum be put into juxtaposition with the great i do not express myself clearly take an example in london there are sharpers who advertise seventy thousand pounds to be advanced at four per cent principles only conferred with the gentleman wishing for such a sum on mortgage goes to see the advertiser the advertiser says he must run down and look at the property on which the money is to be advanced his journey and expenses will cost him a mere trifle say twenty guineas let him speak confidently let the gentleman very much want the money at the interest stated and three to one but our shopper gets the twenty guineas so paltry a sum in comparison to seventy thousand pounds though so serious a sum had the matter related to halfpence nineteen lord coke has said to trace an error to its fountain-head is to refute it now my young pupils i take it for granted that you are interested in the preservation of error you do not wish it therefore to be traced to its fountain-head whenever then you see a sharp fellow tracking it up you have two ways of settling the matter you may say with a smile nay now sir you grow speculative i admire your ingenuity or else look grave colour up and say i fancy sir there is no warrant for this assertion in the most sacred of all authorities the devil can quote scripture you know and a very sensible devil it is too twenty rochefoucauld has said the hate of favourites is nothing else but the love of favour the idea is a little cramped the hate we bear to any man is only the result of our love for some good which we imagine he possesses or which being in our possession we imagine he has attacked thus envy the most ordinary species of hate arises from our value for the glory 
or the plate or the content we behold and revenge is born from our regard for our fame that has been wounded or our acres molested or our rights invaded but the most noisy of all hatreds is hatred for the rich from love for the riches look well on the poor devil who is always railing at coaches and four book him as a man to be bribed twenty one my beloved pupils few have yet sufficiently studied the art by which the practice of jokes becomes subservient to the science of swindlers the heart of an inferior is always fascinated by a jest men know this in the knavery of elections know it now my pupils in the knavery of life when you slap yon cobbler so affectionately on the back it is your own fault if you do not slap your purpose into him at the same time note how shakespeare whom study night and day no man hath better expounded the mysteries of roguery causes his grandest and most accomplished villain richard the third to address his good friends the murderers with a jocular panegyric on that hardness of heart on which doubtless those poor fellows most pique themselves your eyes drop millstones where fools eyes drop tears i like you lads can't you fancy the knowing grin with which the dogs receive this compliment and the little sly punch in the stomach with which richard dropped those loving words i like you lads twenty two as good nature is the characteristic of the dupe so should good temper be that of the knave the two fit into each other like joints happily good nature is a narcissus and falls in love with its own likeness and good temper is to good nature what the florimel of snow was to the florimel of flesh an exact likeness made of the coldest materials twenty three being the praise of knavery a knave is a philosopher though a philosopher is not necessarily a knave what hath a knave to do with passions every irregular desire he must suppress every foible he must weed out his whole life is spent in the acquisition of knowledge for what is knowledge the discovery of human errors he is the only man always consistent yet ever examining he knows but one end yet explores every means danger ill repute all that terrify other men daunt not him he braves all but is saved from all for i hold that a knave ceaseth to be the knave he hath passed into the fool the moment mischief befalls him he professes the art of cheating but the art of cheating is to cheat without peril he is terris et rotundus strokes fly from the lubricity of his polish and the shiftings of his circular formation he who is insensible of the glory of his profession who is open only to the prophet is no disciple of mine i hold of knavery as plato hath said of virtue could it be seen incarnate it would beget a personal adoration none but those who are inspired by a generous enthusiasm will benefit by the above maxims nor and here i warn you solemnly from the sacred ground till your head be uncovered and your feet be bared in the awe of veneration enter with profit upon the following descriptions of character that temple of the ten statutes wherein i have stored and consecrated the most treasured relics of my travelled thoughts and my collected experience end of tomlinsoniana part one